the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? Wherever you are, it's you and me kicking it in the nation's capital. You ready? Let's go. Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. An expert on race, religion, and relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Our phone lines are now open. 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. That's me. Your bridge-building voice right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer or your smartphone watching me on uh, my Facebook Live page, at Anderson Speaks is my handle there. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And, of course, on the most listened-to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA, 105.1 FM right here out of Arlington, Virginia, covering all of D.C., Maryland, Virginia, parts of West Virginia and Pennsylvania as well. Thanks a lot for hanging with me. Today is Tough Topic Tuesday. Uh, Marriage Monday was yesterday. Tomorrow is Wisdom Wednesday. Then we have Theological Thursday, Open Phone and Friday. Of course, on Saturday, we have a special highlight show at 7 p.m. So thanks a lot for tuning in. But today, Tough Topic Tuesday. And today's topic is we're digging up the roots of racism in the Christian church culture. Digging up the roots of racism in Christian church culture. Is that possible? Like, is there racism in Christian church culture? Or is there racism maybe out in the culture, but not within Christianity, not within our churches, of course, right? That's what we hope. But my guests might beg to differ. And I have Pastor Daniel Hill, who's going to be joining us in just a moment. He is the pastor of a, a great church that I remember from its uh, inception, and I'm going to tell you just a little bit more about him after I pray. But let me give you the number in case you decide you want to uh, chime in. I know you guys are talking on Facebook as well, but the phone number is 888-432-7434. That's 888-432-7434. If you're trying to memorize that number, maybe you're driving, just remember the word bridge. All right? 888-43-BRIDGE. Let's commit our time over to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to connect on this platform and to be able to come uh, converse about even the most difficult of subjects, and that is, of course, racism within the church. Would you help us uh, to understand it? Be with my special guest today. And uh, we just pray, Lord, that you would uh, teach us something, stretch us, help us to learn. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, there are a couple other ways you can get a hold of me. You can always go to andersonspeaks.com, andersonspeaks.com, or go to my favorite website, embracegracism.com. 
There you can learn what it means to be a gracist. You can also read and sign the Gracism Creed. Today, Pastor Daniel Hill, he's the founding and senior pastor of River City Community Church, located in West Humboldt Park, a neighborhood of Chicago. He formed the church in 2003 and uh, longs to see increased spiritual renewal as well as social and economic justice in the Humboldt Park neighborhood, of course, and, and the entire city. Prior to starting River City, Daniel uh, Pastor Daniel served five years on the staff at Willow Creek Community Church in the suburbs of Chicago. He has his uh, B.S. in business from Purdue University and a master's of theology from Moody Bible Institute, a certificate in church-based community and economic development from Harvard Divinity School and a D-man uh, from Northern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, he has been on the show before. He's the author of a book called White Awake, a honest look at what it means to be white. That came out on IVP in 2017 and 1010, Life to the Fullest on Baker 2014. But his newest book, and the one I want to talk about today, you can see it on our screen. I'm also holding it up. It's called White Lies, Nine Ways to Expose and Resist the Racial Systems that divide us. And so, Pastor Reverend Dr. Daniel Hill, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Uh, Dr. Anderson, so good to hear your voice. It's always good to spend a little bit of time with you, and I'm just so grateful for uh, the relationship we have and all the work you've done. How is your church, River City Community Church, doing? Oh, man, we're all dying in COVID, right? I mean, this, is a, this is a tough era. Where's the tough era we're in? So, yeah. you know, I mean, digital virtual is better than nothing. But, you know, I, mean, I think so much of the church experience is being able to be together in person and worship together and cry and laugh together. So it's hard. Mm -hmm. we're, we're all kind of gutting through it. Yeah, it's not always the easiest. Tell us a little bit about the church for people who don't know about River City, where it's located, what its mission is. No, Chicago's got 77 neighborhoods, and like a, a lot of the cities, especially up north, but across the country, its whole history of, is kind of built around racial segregation. So the west side and the south side are, you know, very kind of detached in the life of the rest of the city. So we're kind of where the west side starts. It's a neighborhood that's historically been half Latino and half African American, and um, so yeah, we kind of planted our church there. As you know, you helped our early team uh, with some critical guidance, and uh, we planted there in January of 2003. Our three core pillars are worship, reconciliation, neighborhood development. Mm -hmm. That kind of represents kind of the progression of how we see the spiritual life going, kind of growing as worshipers, united with God through Christ, and taking on the ministry of reconciliation. And then we're you know, planted in this very specific part of the city and you know, cooperating and partnering with kind of what God is doing there and uh, mm -hmm. you know, trying to work against systemic poverty. So um, that's kind of a quick snapshot. For the yeah. Church. What about the ethnic and uh, racial makeup of the church? Um, I'd say we're probably about half white. I'm white. Um, then I'd say we're probably about a quarter black. And then the rest of the quarter would be, you know, Latinx and Asian American. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you know what it's like to try to bring different kinds of people together. And yet you're writing okay. books on white awake and this one's called white lies. Uh, what's, what's going on there? Is it because you are a white guy who understands multicultural relationships and have been haunted by, uh, what you see is true about sort of the white side of evangelicalism, or is it more you don't like being white and you just are mad at white people? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Not the second one. Okay. No, that's, uh, my kids, my kids are white. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I want to like them. You know. Uh huh. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. I. Right, of course, yeah, it gets some of the trickiness of the terminology. Right. I mean, I think some of the ways we talk about in our church is differentiating between ethnicity and race. Right? Uh-huh. Like who God made us is clearly a gift from God. Right. I think of. Acts 17, when Paul's at Mars Hill talking to the Athenians, and he says, from one man, all the ethnic, ethnics came. From one man, all the nations came, appointed at their specific time by God for himself, right? So I don't think there's ever a mistake about who we are when we're born, nothing about that. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's this diabolical system of race that has assigned um, human value, really, based on where we fall in the racial hierarchy created by human beings for evil purposes. And I don't think you can be awake and alive and following Jesus without being deeply distressed about this construct of race and the way it kind of haunts all of us. And so, yeah, it's not just for white folks, it's for all of us to be able to use the system of race. But yeah, I think for those of us who are white, we have oftentimes are given the privilege of not having to think about it. So right. there's extra amount of work oftentimes that white folks have to do to come understand what a lot of other people have known since they were born here. Well, first we need to be more aware of it. And so when we get back from our commercial break, I'm actually going to ask you to talk to us about race and, and meaning if race is not a concept that the divine has come up with, but it's a human construct, for those who may not even understand that, I want you to unpack that for us. This is going to be an hour of learning. Call in if you want to, but make sure you sit at the feet of Pastor Reverend Dr. Daniel Hill. He's the author of a brand new book. You got to get it, White Lies. We'll be right back. to hire quality people for your company you need skilled screened and serious candidates who are ready to serve your mission and vision on day one right i know just the recruiting consulting firm that can help you it's concept iq dr anderson has known the president mark weissman for years and he will work with your company to get you the most qualified labor force you need Whether accounting, administrative, finance, IT, medical, retail, government contracting, or more, Mark will work with you to fit your company's needs. If you're looking for work or looking for good workers, contact Mr. Mark Wiseman today at 877-472-9001. See how Concept IQ Consulting can help grow your business with the qualified talent you need. Again, call 877-472-9001 or check them out online at conceptiqconsulting.com. Have you ever driven through your neighborhood and saw that neighbors had their grass that was way too long? They had all kinds of clovers in the grass and you're wishing as you drive silently, I wish they would mow their lawn. Well, guess what? Why don't you get them a gift? (laughs) Call Laser Landscaping and let them cut the lawn for your neighbors. Go to Laser with a Z Landscaping LLC on Facebook or give them a call if you want them to beautify your lawn. 240-516-4967 for those who live in the Prince George's County and surrounding areas. Their number once again, 240-516-4967. It's Laser Landscaping or just ask for the owner, Fidel. And make sure you tell Fidel that Dr. Anderson sent you. Have you ever wondered if God could use your mistakes to make a difference? If you have, then you must read The Jael Effect, Turning Your Mistakes into Miracles by Sandra Anderson. 
reading about this unknown Bible hero and how her courage changed not only her life, but an entire nation will inspire you. While forces around you may sometimes make you feel like your life and circumstances don't count for much, you will learn in this book that God knew every mistake that you would ever make, and he still can use you. The Jael Effect will lift you up and inspire you to do all that you were created to do. The Jael Effect, Turning Your Mistakes into Miracles by Sandra Anderson is a must-read and a book that you will definitely want to share to encourage others. Purchase The Jael Effect on Amazon or go to thejaeleffect.com today. Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. To watch on Facebook Live or to view past episodes, visit Dr. Anderson's Public Figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click like. You can also watch live on YouTube. Just search for Anderson Speaks, all one word, and make sure to subscribe. Join our text community and receive a free weekly text from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 97000. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's me. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I've got uh, Reverend Dr. Pastor Daniel Hill. He's hanging out with me. He wrote a book called White Lies, and the subtitle you'll be interested in, Nine Ways to Expose and Resist the Racial Systems That Divide Us. The book has also been known as a white person's guide to standing up for racial justice. It's a book you'll really want to get. I was so excited when it landed on my desk. I had so many books, uh, Pastor Daniel, on my desk. But yours really struck me right away for two reasons. One, you wrote a personal letter and a personal note. It really touched me. Uh, and then secondly, the 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 book itself can help people who are white that are my listeners and my followers who are saying, you know, I just heard it a couple of days ago, why do we have to keep talking about race? You're creating more division when you talk about race. You're making poor people more angry. Can we just not talk about it? I think a lot of white people feel that way. Black people feel exhausted by it. White people feel frustrated right. why we have to talk about it. Can you talk about what race is and why this is such a, a divisive thing in our country? Yeah, I, I, you know, the concept of race and that language alone is confusing. I'd say it took me two years just to wrap my head just around that idea. Right? Mm. Because when people talk about a concept of race, I'm like, no, 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 God created race. There's one human race, right? And right. Um, this is where terminology can be a little bit confusing because – when we talk about one human race, we're really talking about what the Bible calls ethnos. So, you know, that the, mm-hmm. the, the humankind comes from God. Race is a scientific term. It is a term used to describe the methodology we came with of categorizing people based on a racial hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just about everybody who studies race would agree that um, what solidified the, the structure of race was slavery. Right. That mm-hmm. you know, if you have you have white folks who would have otherwise considered themselves good Christian moral people who would never subscribe to something that is overtly dehumanizing, there had to be some kind of a way for white America in particular. And of course, it's not confined to America, but I think it's helpful to start with America at first. You know, white America had to find a way to justify slavery and the system of race was created. It was 
it, it had biblical overtones and it said human value is not actually from human equality does not come from God. It was a denial of what we call the Imago Dei, the image of God. You know, that's the historic Christian doctrine that all human value comes from the Imago Dei, who we are, made the image of likeness of God. Mm-hmm. The system of race denied that. The system of race denied that. So that's not where human value comes from. Human value comes from how God created us on this racial hierarchy. Yeah. That there's an, there's an inherent superiority to whiteness and inherent inferiority to blackness. And everybody else kind of is measured in between those two poles. And, and using by humans, and it was diabolical. diabolical. And Sorry, using right? the Bible to do it. You know, today I was at the um, right. uh, the Museum of the Bible, and a big shout out to one of the uh, pastors that I was uh, touring with, uh, Pastor Michael Thompson from the Bethesda Baptist Church in Northeast Washington, D.C., and a couple other uh, great folk, and they were walking us through, and the curator was even saying to us about how race in the Bible worked, and it's pretty amazing. There was a slave Bible where they took out, uh, you know, the story of Exodus and, uh, you know, letting those people be free. You know, you don't want black people to read that, you know, when you're subjugating them. And, and uh, Revelation. Yeah, the book of Revelation and everything else. And so, I mean, using religion to subjugate people, is that what you're going after, though, in this book, trying to help people understand some of that history or some of the present? Well, both. I mean, it's uh, right. We, we can't understand the present circumstances without understanding how we got here. So certainly that's part of it. Uh, but it's also it's addressing and this is something that's very specific to a, a subsection of the white Christian church, the very big section of the white Christian church. Um, many white Christians have been groomed to believe that race represents something outside of the Christian experience, mm. that it's this kind of at best peripheral um, at worst. You know, you hear these different terms, socialism, Marxism, social gospel. Liberalism. There's these kind of different terms that are applied to conversations on race that right. are meant to distance ourselves from it. And so there's this enormous theological breach that's happened for a lot of us. I'm, I'm the son of a prominent evangelical pastor. I know this firsthand, right? He was a scholar. And nonetheless, like in the environment I grew up in, race was completely outside of the dialogue of what it means to follow Jesus and to seek his kingdom. And if you talked about it, you were causing trouble, right? Totally. Right, right, totally. So that, that's an enormous – like race is a problem for all people, Christian or not, but it's a particular problem for those of us who are white and Christian in that we have – we think of ourselves as people who care deeply about Scripture and about following Jesus, and yet we have learned how to function as Christians in a way that completely ignores the problem of race. And I think that's just super problematic hmm. on a lot of levels. Well, you know, in your book, White Lies, your subtitle is Nine Ways to Expose and Resist Racial Systems That Divide Us. What are you exposing Somebody's listening right now. They're driving through the nation's capital. Maybe they are a white person there, but they love Jesus. They were at the march for return. Uh, you know, they, they, they march for life. They, they, they sing shout to the Lord. You know, I mean, whatever. And now they're listening, saying, hang on, what, what are you talking about? How, how, how do you expose that? What are you exposing? I think the most, like, if we keep this just at a specific Christian conversation for a moment, at the most base level, Jesus identifies himself with being truth, right? You will know the truth mm-hmm. and be set free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. At the most basic level, and we don't always talk about the devil on a daily basis, but the New Testament is very clear. We're up against principalities and powers of darkness, right? Mm-hmm. At the most basic, fundamental level, darkness, the devil, Satan in the Bible, is characterized as a liar, as lies. Mm-hmm. Right? John 8, the, Jesus says the devil's a liar. He's the father of lies, native tongue is that of lies. And so at the most basic level we're trying to expose is nothing new. It goes back to uh-huh. the early days of the origin, right? It's the garden. The, devil, the serpent comes in and lies, right? That's how, mm-hmm. that's how destruction gets sown into the garden of Eden. So there's nothing new we're saying. What we're saying is that the construct of race is built on a lie about human value. 
mm-hmm. and that human value is tied to this racial hierarchy. And any lie that attacks human value is a direct affront to the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're trying to expose. First and foremost, if you love Jesus, you have to hate lies. That's part of loving Jesus. He's mm-hmm. true. So therefore, lies are an abomination. And so it's just impossible to love Jesus and not hate white supremacy. Like they have to go hand in hand. And that should be such a basic statement, but for a lot of white Christians, that would catch them off guard, that to love Jesus is to hate white supremacy. And I'm saying we're not even at 101 stage if we can't say that. Like, that's base-level stuff, mm. that the truth of Jesus means we hate, the, we hate the lies of white supremacy, and our society is dominated by these lies. So to love Jesus means we have to become more awake to the way these lies are playing out on a daily level. What is white supremacy? Let's go real basic here. And by the way, if you want to join us for the conversation in Carleton, I'm going to get to you in Woodbridge, Virginia. Uh, give me a call. Get in line right now, A. 888-432-7434. For somebody, again, who's listening, what is white supremacy? They say, I'm against that. I'm not for the KKK. I'm for all people, and I want to worship with my black brothers and sisters. All lives matter. Uh, I don't agree with white supremacy. Um, but do we know what it is? Yeah, right. Well, I think you just kind of hinted at, like, uh, uh, the most typical association, especially those of us who are white, we think of the most extremist, violent forms of white supremacy. So like KKK, absolutely white supremacy, or white supremacy hate groups, absolutely white supremacy. But that's the fringe. That, that, that's the extreme. White supremacy, even when you look it up, it's just literally an ideology, mm-hmm. right? which is where the term actually is helpful. It just literally means supremacy is associated with whiteness. Mm-hmm. And then in parentheses, it means and inferiority is associated with blackness. Right? That's why this term anti-blackness is really just the antipathy corollary to white supremacy. White supremacy is a viewpoint that sees white is superior and black is inferior. So anywhere in the softest ways that that ideology shows up, where there's a preference, where there's an esteem, where there's an overvaluing of anything white, and where there's a devaluing of anything black, and even the softest forms, that by its very definition is the presence of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And that's everywhere around us, including the most violent extreme forms, but we do ourselves all a disservice if that's all we can think of when we hear the term white supremacy. His book is White Lies, Nine Ways to Expose and Resist the Racial Systems that Divide Us, Pastor Daniel Hill. Do you mind if we go to the phone lines now, Pastor Daniel? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Let's go to Woodbridge, Virginia and talk to Carlton. Hello, Carlton, Dr. Anderson here, and uh, Pastor Hill, how are you? Hey, how y'all doing today? Excellent, thanks for calling. What are you thinking, sir? Hey, just a comment on everything you're talking about. Um, this past Saturday, they had this big rally here, of course, in D.C., and, and it just solidifies everything you're talking about. I mean, I would say 95% of the people out there were white, and the leader of the event, of course, Franklin Graham, he condemned Black Lives Matter. Now, it's interesting by Scripture, uh, John 3:16, particularly 17, says Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn but all men through him might be saved. So it's interesting that a man will condemn another man when Jesus doesn't condemn anybody. And, and my question to this is, to particularly uh, Pastor Hill, you know, as a white male, do you really believe this is spiritual ignorance or do you think it's just willful ignorance on these people that do this kind of stuff? Hmm. What do you think, Pastor? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, think, I think there's... There's so much hypocrisy within the white evangelical church in particular, of which I am a white evangelical pastor, so I'm not pointing fingers at anybody else. I'm starting with myself. 
but uh, you know, just these bizarre kind of dualities where we would say, in every other front, we would say repentance is the beginning of accessing God's heart and experiencing God's grace and experiencing change. And yet, when it comes to our complicity with white supremacy, not only will, will we not repent of it, we won't even acknowledge it. Mm. We won't talk about the way it just gets passed from generation to generation of our preachers to preachers to preachers. And so, I, I think I, I think it must grieve the heart of God so profoundly that not only can we not acknowledge it, we can't repent of it, we can't begin the healing process of it. So, you know, where the line ends between willful ignorance and inherited ignorance, I, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable judging that, but I think there's clearly an ignorance and a um, uh, an ignoring of kind of the clear mandates of God and how we think about and talk about and interface with the problem of race and white supremacy. Thank you so much, Carlton. I appreciate your question. And Pastor Hill, one of the high... Uh, newest highlighted headlines that just came out today in the Atlantic. Uh, the title is Trump secretly mocks Christian supporters. And uh, people who have been with him are quoting uh, what he is saying about the people that have been laying hands on him, praying for him. And, uh, you know, for many of us who are devout Christians, but we see the hypocrisy of white evangelicalism and how they've wedded themselves to the current president as if he is a, 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 you know, somehow an anointed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and they put cover for him. Uh, well, it's coming out from people who have been working with him that he actually uh, declares them and talks about them with great cynicism and contempt. So it's quite interesting because maybe that will be one of the things that will help some of our white evangelicals see that maybe just maybe you could be being used. I don't know. Let's yeah. come back from the other side of the break and have you address that, whether one's for or not for uh, the current president. I'd love to hear what you think about that relationship between him and the evangelicals. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Norm with A Action Home Services. I just wanted to take a moment and praise our plumbers for the clean and meticulous work that they do. They have a rough and oftentimes dirty job, but they're always able to do it with a smile. So if you have a water leak, a toilet that doesn't work, old faucets you'd like replaced, or even a new water heater you'd like installed, I'm happy to send out one of our master plumbers. Just give us a call at 703-922-1900. That's 703-922-1900. Or you can reach us online at aactionhomeservices.com. Actual patient testimonials results may vary. Life is too short, and you owe it to yourself to look and feel your best. So why are you still covering up your legs and doing nothing about those bulging varicose and spider veins? Not only are they embarrassing, but they may also be a sign of serious vein disease. Now's the perfect time to get your legs back. And Vein Clinics of America, the leading expert in vein treatment, can help. I was too embarrassed to wear shorts, dresses. I am so glad I came in. I can do and wear whatever I want. As the largest, most experienced vein treatment center in the U.S., Vein Clinics of America is focused on your safety. You can now meet with a VCA doctor online for a teleconsult without leaving the comfort of your home. To ensure safe distancing, VCA is limiting the number of patients in our clinics at any given time. Medicare and most insurance is accepted, so call now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-761-7171. 800-761-7171. 761 New Look Home Design now offers no interest financing for your new roof until 2022. Call 800-279-5300 or visit newlookhomedesign.com. WAVA-FM is heard on HD Radio at 105.1 FM HD1 or on iHeart. Tune in and now on radio.com. 
Listen to The Alternative with Tony Evans every weekday morning at 1030 on 105.1 FM WAVA. I know that on those tablets Mr. Moses brought down is the commandment to not covet. But I'll confess, my neighbor and his lawnmower is making it tough. He's got this stand-behind, ride-along space shuttle that covers probably three times more space than my trusty old lawn boy. So, when we have who mows the fastest races, which are completely fabricated in my head, he has some impressive advantages that I just don't have. And at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're blessed to have a pretty special advantage of our own, and one that could be a big deal for you. Our team is lucky to be an arm of a bigger company that is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park, Road, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Real talk with Dr. David Anderson. The Atlantic says the president is also well known for joking and his terrific sense of humor, which he shares with people of all faiths from the outset of his brief political career, says the Atlantic. Trump has viewed right-wing evangelical leaders as a kind of special interest group to be smoothed, conned, and or bought off. Former aides told me, this is the reporter who's, who's saying it, though he faced Republican primary opponents in 2016 with deeper religious roots like t- Ted Cruz and Mike Huckabee, Trump was confident that his wealth and celebrity would attract high-profile Christian surrogates to vouch for him. We know uh, Jerry Falwell was one of those. His view was, quote, I've been talking to these people for years. I've let them stay at my hotels. They, they're going to endorse me. I played the game, said a former con, uh, campaign advisor to Trump, who, like others quoted in this story, spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe private conversations. What do you think about uh, this idea of uh, white evangelicals and the president sort of uh, hooking up hip to hip here when it comes to politics? Do you see any of what you are writing about connecting those dots, or do you stay away from it completely? <laughs> Yeah, boy, I think Trump has created a conundrum for pastors because most of us have traditionally tried to stay away from anything that feels partisan. And even still, we try to stay away from anything partisan. But he's so overtly in his character and conduct and vice system, the antithesis of how Sermon on the Mount would describe a Christian, right? How most of the New Testament describe a Christian. So I think, yeah, many of us have had to become more vocal about what it means to be a Christian in the age of Trump, particularly given the amount of support he gets from so many white evangelical leaders. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, I think probably for anybody's paying attention, none of that in the article sounds very surprising, right? I mean, I right. think that's how most of the world sees, sees white evangelicals now as a special interest group that is, you know, basically committed to a, a small handful of particular issues, issues that I think are important of themselves, and yet – um, rather than, you know, I think of how Dr. King said it, where we can't be a servant of either party, right? We have to be the conscience of both parties. Mm-hmm. It does it does definitely feel that, you know, I mean, when Trump said, I can kill somebody on Main Street and they're still going to vote for me. I mean, there, there's not been anything yet that's disproven that, right? I mean, it's, he, he seems to have, he seems to have a lock on 
those who follow him. And um, he does seem to be almost above the law in terms of, or above morality even, and to still garner the full support, which I think is sad on so many levels and dangerous on so many levels. Well, so many of his uh, followers, people that have been with him, worked for him, now they're coming out with books and everything. And these are all white people, by the way. Uh, I mean, you had Omarosa, but she was a flash in the pants, uh, pan, so to speak. But all of these white males that have been working for him have not only been writing books, but doing interviews, uh, the latest of whom, one of the latest of whom had worked for him as his CFO uh, for like 20 years, uh, has nothing to lose here in speaking. But they are saying he's racist. He says racist things. He has thoughts about uh, uh, black people being lazy. Like these are the things that we've all sensed and known, but it's like right. until somebody else actually and even if you get it on tape, I'm, I'm convinced now, I used to think, if you just have your camera with you, if a, if a black man's being beaten uh, by a, a cop right. and he doesn't have a gun, surely everyone's going to see that and be outraged. And right. I still have, I still have uh, some of my white evangelical brothers and sisters like, well, we're not quite sure. <laughs> I mean, like, well, okay. another side of the story. So, yeah, right. let's wait and see. And maybe, uh, maybe, right. it, maybe it's okay that Breonna Taylor had six bullets in her body and the guy who right. gets charged gets charged because he put bullets in a wall hmm. maybe yeah. that's okay like at some point right. our heads just want to blow off like help me understand right. but why is that right. divide then so great you know you're a white dude i'm a black guy help me yeah well that's i mean that's where the title comes from right i mean i think that that that's what i mean the bible says there's nothing more dangerous than lies right again we see it in the garden of eden right it only just took a hairline lie of calling to question, you know, God's goodness and whether God was holding out. And Adam and Eve turned on like the most beautiful environment that there ever was, right? So the lies of white supremacy, this lie of the narrative of racial hierarchy that whiteness is superior and the blackness is inferior, it's, it's got a thousand different manifestations. And even when you call it a lie, it's actually hard to get out of you. But if you don't actually call it a lie, you got no chance, right? The lie is going to dominate you. And so hmm. it's not just Christians who are under the influence of the lie. It's just saddest that it's Christians who are under the influence of the lie because they are the ones who follow the one who calls himself truth um but when we won't when we won't allow the truth to root out the lies you know i think of ephesians 5 the apostle paul says go sleeper right like that which is in the dark must be exposed and brought out into the light and mm -hmm. that's the only way we can have transformation but there's just too few of us right now who are willing to say we've been we've been duped by the lie and that the lie lives inside of us and that we need help getting this thing out how so, about yeah, that it's it, it sad yeah, well, listen, as soon as we get back from this break, we're going to Suitland, Maryland, to talk to Joyce. Joyce, you hold on. We're talking with the author of a brand-new book on Zondervan called White Lies, Nine Ways to Expose and Resist the Racial Systems that Divide Us by the author Daniel Hill. Look him up right now. Get this book. We'll be right back. question raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Digluhailu answered in one of her essays like this, I was not there just to add a prefix to my name, though that would feel good. 
The greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent. The doctoral study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think, to understand the times, and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling. Sebla Diglu Hailu, a current doctor of philosophy student from Ethiopia, is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession, and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply, or call 1-800-933-6188. Does your church have legal challenges? McCullum & Associates has experience with pastor church relations, administration and organizational issues, church liability and risk management, and real estate matters. This firm understands the legal aspects of the problems, as well as the spiritual implications of those same problems inside and outside the court. Call McCullum & Associates today at 301-864-6070. That's 301-864-6070. It's Best Buy Waterproofing and Best Buy Design Build. So, who is this superhero guy flying over the neighborhood looking for leaky basements and leaky roofs to repair? Visit BestBuyWaterproofing.com or call 844-980-3707-247 to see what heroic home repair services look like. Basement waterproofing, mold and mildew remediation, structural repair, foundation crack injection, sump pump systems, roofing and gutters, siding and decks. So, you went to BestBuyWaterproofing.com and called 844-980-3707. Who's the real hero now? You are. We've got you covered from top to bottom. At Best Buy, your whole house is our business. Want more Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson? You can now catch Dr. Anderson's half-hour radio highlight show on Saturdays at 7 p.m. right here on WAVA 105.1. You'll enjoy recent conversations he's had with callers to this show. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition. Saturday, 7 p.m. on WAVA. Check it out. For more information about Dr. Anderson, visit andersonspeaks.com. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Big shout out to Ted Squires on the board of the Museum of the Bible. Thanks a lot for the private tour of uh, me and a couple other pastors. Uh, one of our sisters was from Saddleback uh, Church out there in California as well. So shout out to her and Pastor Michael Thompson from Bethesda Baptist Church in Northeast Washington, D.C. on Capitol Avenue. That's 1808 Capitol Avenue. Today we are talking with the pa pastor of River City Community Church located in the Chicago area. He's the author of a brand new book, White Lies, Nine Ways to Expose and Resist the Racial Systems that Divide Us. Daniel Hill is the author. Pastor Daniel, I'm going to go to Suitland, Maryland and talk to Joyce, who's on the line. Right. Uh, hello, Miss Joyce. How are you today? 
I'm good today, Dr. Anderson. Thank you. I'm glad to be talking to you and Dr. Hill. And I actually, I, I kind of have a two-part question. Mm-hmm. Um, one is in regards to white supremacy. And um, I'm just wondering, um, Dr. Hill, your take on, okay, when we look at a Jewish person, we see, I'm going to say it like this, white, a Caucasian. So why is it when you find out, when uh, supremacists find out that the person is Jewish, that they become a different person to them? They don't look at them as white. Is that because they are uh, the children of God, you know, God's chosen people? So why is there an anti-Semitic sentiment against people that look their same color but are different uh, in ethnicity? That's your question, right? Yes. And the second question is— Let's go with the first one first. Uh, Pastor Daniel, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that gets into, it's one of the reasons we started early, Dr. Anderson, right, talking about race as a construct, uh-huh. that it's not from God, it's from human beings. And I think that's a key part of this because um, whiteness is not something from God, right? Of course, when white people first got to the United States, for instance, we were Italian and French and British, right, all right. different kinds of things. So, And they were still fighting. Thought of as, yeah, and they're still fighting, right? So who's been thought of and included within white, within this construct of white, has shifted and evolved over the years. Like I'm Irish, for instance, there was a period of time where the Irish weren't fully considered white. They are now. So it's a complicated one. Like for for some Jews, they actually would be thought of as white. But then again, at the same time, I wouldn't want to minimize the seriousness of anti-Semitism. And that's its own very serious and complicated construct that kind of led to you know, the, the Holocaust. Yeah, and, and okay. Joyce, I would also say you could go to, like, the continent of Africa and go to certain countries, and the people are black, but they're still warring tribes against one another. So maybe color is not the only thing uh, when we talk about systems of, of, you know, supremacy and superiority, one tribe over another, even when it comes right. uh, to color. What is your second question? Okay, my second question is on um, pro-life, actually. Um, when when the nation talks about pro-life, we basically talk about pro-life for the unborn child. Mm-hmm. But in a time like this where black lives matter, and not just black lives, any lives, every life matters. But um, I want to know what you think about pro-life being only addressed as a woman's right to have an, not to have, you know, the, right, to have the an abortion, abortion or not. As mm-hmm. opposed, because with things that are going on now in the country, which is really takes up most of our, um, our news, you know, in regards to Black Lives Matter, pro-life yeah. to me also means we who are living. Sure. I, I got your point. Let me, let me see yeah. what Pastor Hill says. Thanks for calling. I'll let you listen on the air. Pastor Hill, pro-life versus pro-birth. Mm-hmm. Right. Thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah. Well, I mean, I was at a church recently that's um, very pro-life and not very open to race dialogues, and so they do an annual um, Sanctity of Life Sunday, and you don't know, really talk about the need if you follow Jesus to take protection of the unborn seriously. But then, 
at this point in their development, think of conversations on race as being social gospel, and they even use this term cultural Marxism. And so what I told them, I said, I hope you'll, I hope you'll be honest about the fact that you had a psychic break occur somewhere. Mm. Said, Excuse me? I said, I, I, I follow your idea. I follow your thinking. Like, uh, you know, it's an Imago Day issue when it comes to abortion for you. You see children in the womb as being formed in the image of God, and because we follow Jesus, we should be concerned about the lies and the actual systems that assault that life. Like, I follow the logic. That's actually the exact same logic where race comes from, that the Imago Dei says who we are in God and the system of race attacks not only the personhood but the actual physical life of human beings. And so can you see just how profoundly inconsistent that is that you can have a Sanctity of Life Sunday and say, tell the truth, Pastor, but if you have a white supremacy Sunday where you talk about the assault of human life, that your, your pastor is going to get run out of the church here, right? Mm. Like same line of biblical reasoning like we just have to be honest like a psychic break happens somewhere like that's how deep white supremacy goes that you're totally comfortable with this line of logic when it comes to abortion and totally uncomfortable with this line of logic when it comes to race yeah and no the, no, no no consistency whatsoever right right which again makes it very very difficult for uh i know people of color who are black evangelicals like myself uh i got one text from a, a black leader who said uh Talk about the respect that many of us blacks had for white evangelical pastors, which is now gone. We have lost all respect for them. Uh, well, you don't have to lose all respect for all of them because uh, you got Pastor Daniel Hill and many other great pastors. Uh, so, you know, they, the, 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 sometimes we'll see a whole group and we'll say white pastors. But the reality is, Daniel, please tell me, you know other white pastors who stand for the valuing of the Imago Dei the image of God right. for black people. Tell me you know some. Right. Absolutely, and that's part of the problem we're in of like the ones who have the microphone right now are the most extreme fundamentalists and the most dangerous to the movement. But, yes, you're totally right. There's lots of white pastors who are on the right side of this fighting for the Imago Dei and all people. Well, it's, and it's important for me to bring you on the show. That's why I wanted you on right away because um, there are things that you can say today that my white brothers and sisters, of course, who I love, they're in my family and my church, everything. We, we, we do life together as you do with your multicultural church, but they need to hear it from a white guy for it not mm -hmm. to sound like, okay, this is the same horn that mm -hmm. the, the, the black pastor, the multicultural guy is blowing, but can we get over this? And so to have someone like yourself not only write the book, but to share what that means might give it a different level of credibility uh, into the homes and the hearts and the cars of folk that just may not be able to listen to me in the same way. Do you realize that sense of um, authority or privilege or uh, platform that God has given you? Yes, uh, it, it's it's with with sadness that I do because that shouldn't be the case, right? It shouldn't need to be validated by me when you've already been saying it for so many years. So that's initially why I was never planning to write or do this work. It actually feels awkward to me even still, but it's been I've been commissioned by Black evangelical leaders for that very reason. Mm. They say, look, uh, you can go in the room and say the exact same thing, probably even less eloquently than I said it, but they're going to hear it differently because you're in the, you share the same social location. And they don't even realize that's why they can hear it from you and not from us, but they need to hear it. So we're commissioning you to go into these spaces, these white spaces, and talk about it. So it's, it's a reluctant call, honestly. I'm not trying to be the white guy that talks about race. I'm trying to be responsive <laughs> right. to – yeah, this request to like join up the work they've already been doing for decades, many, many times. But yeah, where they keep running into that same wall where they're dismissed as the angry black man or the angry black woman or something. And I'm saddened by that, but also trying to kind of play whatever role I can in the do, larger movement. Do you receive any criticism as a result of it? 
Oh my gosh, endlessly, yeah. Hmm. Oh, coming from your white brothers and sisters, or from your black brothers and sisters, or others? No, no, yeah, exclusively white. Uh, yeah, I mean, my own family, my own, my own family. You know, again, I, I grew up in a very historically evangelical white home, and so in most of those circles, I, they, they they call me the slippery slope liberal pastor. You know, they don't even think I believe in the same Jesus as them. <laughs> wow. Man, I'm yeah. sorry, but I'm grateful for you, and I thank God for you. Listen, I've got to run to this commercial break, and when I get back, we're going to land the plane. Think about your final thoughts here, and maybe even tell us what this uh, illustration of the parasite is. We'll be right back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson and Daniel Hill. Pastors, church leaders, and ministry leaders, WAVA invites you to join us in October for our virtual Pastors Appreciation events. Be encouraged by Chuck Swindoll, Tony Evans, Alistair Begg, and other leaders as they bring you encouragement. It's all happening online every Thursday in October, and it's free. Register by going to WAVA.com and click on the Pastors display or use the keyword Pastor. Brought to you by Senate Cleaning. Visit them on the web at SenateCleaning.com. Hi, I'm Patrick Fingles, owner of New Look Home Design. I'd like to share what one of our roofing customers said. We knew we needed to replace our roof, but we had just done a kitchen remodel and the whole thing was a nightmare. So we were apprehensive about doing another project. We kept hearing New Look say how easy they make it, so we decided to give them a shot. What a difference. They came out, it was total transparency. They gave us a 3D image of our house, complete with the list of measurements, and the pricing broke down, so we knew exactly what we were paying for. And they have a great price guarantee. It was super easy. Find out why over 30,000 homeowners have trusted New Look to do their roof. Through September, save 50% on all roofing materials, plus qualify for interest-free financing until 2022. Call 800-279-5300. That's 800 279 5300newlookhomedesign.com While we can't make everything easy, we can make roofing easy. Where are we headed? Globalism? A new world order? A singular government power? If we yield over and decide that America is not unique, it's not special, it's not extraordinary, we no longer are the United States of America. We're just a piece of a bigger government. And what about prophecy? Is the United States of America part of God's great plan for the world? Now, a new documentary, Trump 2024, the world after Trump, takes a look at what the world could look like in 2024 with or without President Trump. Trump 2024 features interviews with Franklin Graham, Mike Huckabee, Dennis Prager, and yours truly, Eric Metaxas. The Messiah will not arrive on Air Force One. Watch Trump 2024, the world after Trump on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Trump 2024. Go to SalemNow.com to watch Trump 2024. That's SalemNow.com. In the 2016 race for president, Donald Trump was not the first choice for many Christian voters. His personal history made it unimaginable that he would defend Christian values as president, or so we thought. In his new book, Forgotten Country, The Christian Case for Trump, Dr. Ralph Reed shows that President Trump has kept his promises and been the most effective presidential defender of religious liberty and the pro-life cause since Reagan. It's required reading in 2020. Forgotten Country, the new book by Ralph Reed, available wherever books are sold.
It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Got the pastor of River City Community Church and author of the book White Lies on with me today, Daniel Hill. Daniel Hill, you talk about a parasite. Can you talk to us about that for a minute as we uh, bring the show to a close? Uh, sure. It's an image that comes from uh, Dr. Willie Jennings. And, uh, you know, he's a black intellectual. He used to be at Duke and is now at Yale. But when describing white supremacy, that's one of the popular images. He, the, his most common images is that of a parasite, which, of course, most of us have a sense of what a parasite is. It's a nasty little organism that can't survive on its own. Right? It has to attach itself to a host in order to survive. And so it's an interesting way to think of this ideology that devalues black people and overvalues white people. Um, but he says then, of course, it needed a host. And, you know, he makes the case that the host has always been Christianity, that mm-hmm. uh, this is how white supremacy has survived by attaching itself to Christianity. And uh, when I first heard him say that, it just explains, so, like, even as a, like, as a pastor, I care deeply about evangelism. And, um, you know, one of the primary ways that pe- reason I see people walking away from the church is because they see this. They see this parasitic connection between white supremacy and Christianity. And what happens to them is they look at it and they go, well, if Christianity can't reject white supremacy, then Christianity can't be valid. And they walk away. Mm. And then I see people inside the church who actually refuse to acknowledge the parasitic relationship between the two. And while in their mind, they're evangelizing for Jesus. They're actually simultaneously evangelizing for white supremacy. And I go, oh, man, boy, the devil really pulled off a trick on this one. you got people walking away from the real Jesus because of the parasitic relationship. And you've got people who love Jesus who are defending him and white supremacy at the same time <laughs> because they refuse to do the work of decoupling the two. I'm like, no wonder we're in the mess that we're in. That's a really powerful way to think of this metaphor. And hmm. um, It also gets to my, my work as a pastor, right? Like, this is not just a checkbox, right? Like, pulling a parasite out of you, is, it can be a little bit of a painful process. But, you know, hmm. we all, we don't, none of us want a parasite that lives in us, right? And so um, that's what I think has happened. There's the beautiful Jesus, and then there's this evil thing that fits itself to it. And we have to decouple the one from the other. One practical application for our listeners today. It, I, I really, it sounds so simple, but it's not. Like, we have to just get better at telling the truth and exposing lies, hmm. right? Like, we have to understand race and white supremacy is built on a lie about human value. Jesus Christ and his truth brings that that lie into the, the, the light and exposes it and confronts it and overturns it. And literally, if the white church in a, a whole would just simply say, white supremacy is built on a lie about human value, and we no longer will stand idly by for that lie, we would have a full-fledged revival start happening in our country. Like, it, 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 that's not yourself everything, but it would it would single-handedly change the temperature of the conversations around this. If we would just do the most basic Christian thing that there is and say, we repent of the fact that this lie has found cover in our circles, and we will no longer stand by for the lie to have cover, to have safe harbor wow. in Christian spaces. If we would just do that, the beginnings of revival would happen. How about that? An African-American businessman who owns an ice cream business uh, called Paradise Ice Cream, just called in, and he says, please tell Pastor Daniel he is a blessing. Mm. So please receive that uh, from him as well as from me and so many of my other listeners. Continue to do what you're doing. Uh, we'll cover you, my brother. I know it's not an easy uh, path, but uh, you've been called to it, and God will protect you and keep you, okay? You've been such an instrumental mentor for me. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. Let's pray together. Father, as we think about these matters, would you help us to expose uh, the, the lie of racial constructs that make a group inferior, another one superior? Would you help us to see it for all that it is so that we can not only expose it, but that we can prevail over it in the name of Jesus? Amen, amen. and amen. amen. 
children. 